This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the Church Boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. And Welcome, welcome, welcome to the church, boys. Uh, I don't know what to say. I've been reading the news and reading Billy's uh, horrible stories on theblaze.com. And <laughs> Billy, I'm just afraid that um, that you're going straight to hell. No, no, no. The country's going straight to hell. I stopped being worried about you going straight to hell long ago. But I think that uh, maybe, maybe based on these stories that I've seen you writing here, that maybe... Perhaps we're on the wrong track. You know, listen, Chris, when we're on the bus to hell and you're driving us down, um, you know, we'll be talking about all of these these patterns. And the, no, I mean, look at talking the about one, the good old days. The one thing that has been completely and utterly consistent has been my sort of looking at the news and doing a double take because I can't believe what I'm seeing and I can't believe the narrative that I'm seeing and I can't believe. And it's like I'm not this outraged culture warrior who's in a panic attack. I'm somebody who is looking at everything and thinking the dominoes just continue to fall. The <laughs> moral dominoes, they, they just continue to fall. You're looking at it going, what in the hell is wrong with us? Well, it's, you know, I uh, think... I think it's hard, right? And, I mean, we've been serious, actually. The Church Boys have been a little serious, although we've got some good interviews uh, coming up. We've got a really good interview coming up. But we've had some some really serious discussions, and I think you, you have to. I mean, when you look at the Gallup numbers, now Gallup has released a number of polls, and I mentioned one on the last show, where, they, where morality, asking Americans where do they think morality is. And I think it's fascinating that the majority of the country – um, the vast majority in the 70s, I think it's 78 percent or 70 some odd percent, say that morality is on the decline. So everyone's aware of it. Right. And very few people think morality is headed in the right direction. But yet we continue down this direction. And I really do think a lot of it's the media, a lot of it's entertainment. We've talked about this a lot on the show. But another poll from Gallup, which came out a few weeks back, actually goes down and asks people what is morally acceptable and for everything from gay marriage down to divorce. These numbers, I mean, uh, are are really scary. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm looking at the chart right now. Uh, divorce, for instance, in 2001, 52% of the country said divorce was morally acceptable. That 52% has jumped to 71% in 2015. That's a 12-point change. A 12-point change. So wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Divorce, 12 point, went from 59 to 71 what did I say? Oh, I said 52. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. I was reading that's medical okay. research for using stem cells. I apologize. <laughs> I'm going blind. That's okay. That's um, okay. I was, you were saying these numbers. I'm like, I'm looking at the wrong table. I was totally lost, which is normal. Um, anyway, 59. To, so it's, it's, it's a 12 point gain, 59 to 71. That's a huge increase. Well, but you know, so we look at this list of what's morally acceptable and morally not acceptable. You've heard me say before, this country will be run by a certain particular worldview. There's going to be some sort of religious worldview that's going to run things. So when you decide that the Christian worldview is not the way to go, these are the starts and these are the kinds of numbers you start to see. Now, 
you could argue from an atheist standpoint or other things that these are not good things, but most would say, what, who are you to judge that these are good or bad things? So it's no wonder that these numbers are increasing on these things that normal members of civilized society would say are not, are not signals of a healthy society. Well, because you're not asking people, and I think, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about libertarians, right? You're not asking people you do hate you think libertari- it's okay you for hate someone you to hate get married. Libertari- you hate libertarians. I do not hate them. You do. But it's not it's not saying, you know, we're not asking somebody, Gallup isn't asking them, is it okay for, you know, two, should two gays legally have the right to get married? They're saying, is this morally acceptable? Is divorce morally acceptable? Is polygamy morally acceptable? Which, by the way, polygamy, and they even give a description in case people don't know um, what polygamy is so that the respondents understand, went from 7% of the of the right. respondents right. supporting it in 2001 to 16% in 2015. And when you think of 16% being almost one in five Americans, yeah. it becomes a little scary. Yeah. Well, it is. And it's, hmm. <laughs> I've, I've got to not say things that I'm going to have to then edit out and post. <laughs> but you look at um, these, you look at these things and they, they list them by, at least the first table lists them by, you know, change in how many points it's gone up or down. Like gay and lesbian relations has gone up 23 points from 40% approved morally acceptable to 63% saying it's morally acceptable gay or lesbian relations. Wait a minute. I, bet, I need to say this. Divorce. Because cause we're looking at moral acceptability. When Divorce you look just as you were saying at the other side, when somebody says something is morally wrong, only 20% of the country thinks that divorce is morally wrong. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, that's kind of scary actually um, um only 29 cent 29 cents what, what am i talking about 29 percent of the nation thinks that sex between an unmarried man and woman is wrong not even 30 percent yeah that's i and and they like to get into having a baby outside of marriage you know that that's part of the moral morality discussion having a baby outside of marriage went from 45% morally okay to 61% morally okay sex between an unmarried man and woman went from 53% morally okay to 68%. But interestingly, like from a biblical standpoint, you don't want to have kids outside of marriage, right? But how do you have a kid outside of marriage? Well, you have sex outside of marriage. And so when I talk to people, when I talk to especially parents who are worried about their teenagers, pregnant teenagers and things, it's like pregnancy isn't the sin here. (laughs) You know, you have a, you have a problem before then. That's why that's one of many reasons I'm anti-abortion is that don't compound the problem. The pregnancy is not the sin, right? The baby's not the sin. And what is interesting about these numbers, and I think abortion stands to be a very fascinating, there's two issues that I think are very intriguing, suicide Mm -hmm. and abortion, because Abortion is split down the middle. It's 45% calling it morally acceptable, 45% calling it morally wrong. So it's exact on both ends. With suicide, 73% are calling suicide morally wrong. But doctor-assisted suicide, totally different dynamic. I would would think that more doctor-assisted suicide should should be less morally accepted because you're pulling somebody else into it. Right? Well, if I put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger, that's not morally acceptable. However, I would think that, that would be more morally acceptable than me forcing someone else or convincing someone else or paying someone else, essentially paying a hitman 
to kill me. Right. Well, and it's fascinating, too, when you look at it's all issues of death, whether yeah. it's abortion, the death penalty, only 33 percent call the death penalty morally wrong. So even the, it's any issue with death, that's when there seems to be some sort of outside of doctor assisted suicide because 56 percent think that it's morally acceptable. But the other issues of death and you're right. I agree with what you just said. They all are the only real areas where people seem to have these big moral kind of conundrums and these moral issues here. Yep. Sort yeah, of fascinating. It's really weird. And and part of it and we'll talk about this later in an interview with with uh, with Laverne. And by the way, there's an interview coming up with Laverne. Vivio. Is Shirley going to be on as well? No, just Laverne Vivio. Uh, and we're going to talk about a piece she wrote. But when it comes to sex stuff, you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. You're not allowed to have an opinion on it morally, right? And, and as we talk with Laverne, there are a whole lot of things that people struggle with, right? That are more than just sex outside of marriage, whether it's gay sex or you know, multiple sex partners or pornography and that sort of thing. There are people deal with substance abuse issues, alcoholism. They deal with fits of rage, with anger, whole sorts of other spiritual issues. But if you call those other non-sex related issues morally wrong, the death stuff morally wrong, you're okay. If I tell an alcoholic, don't be an alcoholic because that's bad for your life and it's bad for the culture and bad for society, that's okay to, for me to do, right? Very few people will come out and say, well, who are you to judge? But if you bring up the sex thing, any sex related thing, whether it's marriage, divorce, birth control, uh, uh, babies outside of having babies outside of marriage, uh, gay sex, gay marriage, all these things, polygamy, all of these things, suddenly you are a judgmental, horrible person. Isn't that weird? Well, you're talking about the erosion of standards and values. That's but what only this in is. one area. There's, there's, we have one major area, one major area where we're having serious uh, erosion of, of moral standards. And it's in the sex area. It's where you get your nut off, right? That that's something we can't judge. Well, compare and look at what's being said in media. And that's what this is all about. I'm going to keep going back to that. It's all sex. And it's all sex. That, it's all sex all the time. It's driving agendas. Yep. There is no way that these numbers wouldn't be changed between the period of 2001 and 2015, considering technological advances that have given us more access to all of that, which I think, you know, listen, I love my phone. I love my iPad. But the fact of the matter is we are inundated with messages nonstop and they've gotten more and more sexualized. They've gotten more and more um, lines blurred between what is right and wrong. And that is exactly what is driving these numbers at Gallup. That, that's yeah, the only absolutely. explanation is that society is taking a detour through total and utter moral and ethical chaos. When it comes to sex. Right? When it comes a, there to are sex. Other things, there are other areas where we're getting worse too. Everything is for the most Doctor part. Doctor assisted suicide, for everything, instance. Everything for the most part is going downhill. But the fast, where we're seeing the fastest growth in moral decay is anything sex related. Yeah, no, I think it's in, I think it's, it's, it's really but it's, odd. But it's not just it's not just you know garbage that you see on TV. It's just we're living you know and we're living lives that just say this makes me feel good, so that's what I want to do. And really, that's I think the bigger issue is things that make you feel good. And what makes you what what things make you feel better than sex? So it's the things that make you feel good that are the ones that are the things that are allowed. Well, and the same would kind of in a weird way go for doctor assisted suicide. The notion of you know ending your life, ending my now, suffering. Listen, I mean. That gets complicated when when people are end stage cancer and they're dying. I mean, there's a lot of morphine that's given. There's a lot, but but that's different. I think 
you know, if, if somebody is taking morphine and they end up dying as a result of too much morphine or something, that to me is totally different from intentionally taking a pill to end your life, right? Yep. Pain management versus an actual plot and decision to end your life because you don't want to go through the suffering. I get it. I think I think it's understandable why people who who know they're 100% terminal and they will die in a month want to end it sooner. I, I get it, but I think that it's a slippery slope. I'm sorry. Just when I was, you were trying to ignore me on the screen earlier. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is going? On? <laughs> Never mind. Any, I, but I okay. I told. I'm sorry. I got totally sidetracked. Something. I just never mind. But I do think it's a matter of we don't want to. We don't want to do hard things. We don't want to do things that are tough for our lives. Things that that make us uncomfortable. Nobody's uh, nobody's okay with being uncomfortable anymore. So instead of being uncomfortable, we're just going to call it morally okay. It's like trying to reduce crime rates by saying that's no longer a crime, right? So we're going to reduce drug-related crime by making marijuana legal. Well, yeah, because marijuana is no longer a crime. You know, right. it's not simply. And that's and those are the, the what you have to understand is that the pro pot people and uh, I don't know how we got into pot except that I'm delusional. I didn't go there. We know I, I, I didn't know go there this time. But what the pro pot people won't tell you is that when they talk about their crime statistics, statistics will go down. More often than not, they're adding in the fact that people who would be convicted of pot crimes would no longer be convicted of pot crimes. It's not simply black market crime goes down or drug trafficking crime goes down. If it's legal, it's no longer a crime. So look, the crime stats went down. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. You know, if we made murder legal, there wouldn't be no more illegal murders, criminal murders in the world. That's okay. a good point. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's but that's part of why we're doing this. Things are more morally acceptable now. Not because I think a large part of it is not simply because we actually think it's morally okay. It's because we want to excuse our behavior. So we're going to lie about it to ourselves. Yeah, I think it's morally okay. But ask, but ask the junkie if drugs are morally okay. I mean, All have right, an honest, Chris, are drugs morally okay? <laughs> but have an honest <laughs> conversation with somebody who's in a life of drug abuse or living uh, prostitution or in the porn industry or whatever else, if they think that porn is, is morally okay or sex outside of marriage and that kind of thing is morally okay, you know what? If they have an honest discussion with you one-on-one, -on -one, they're going to they're gonna sort of say, you know what, that, I, I wish I could get out of this because it's not okay. But they publicly will say, yeah, it's morally okay. It's, it's how I make my living. It's how I get my nut off. It's whatever. But anyway. Speaking of totally immoral, we should talk about uh, the next story after the break about <laughs> this even know actor. You just suddenly... It's this Hollywood actor who has a very oh, interesting yes. viewpoint on gay cakes. All right. Well, we'll take a break then, right? Should we, should, right. should we take a break? Should we take a break, uh, uh, Captain? You're supposed to say, I, I, make I, it, I, yes. You're supposed to say, make it so, number one. Well, I wasn't around for... Would you please just say it to make me happy? Make it so, number one. Back to the church boys. So, during the break... I think Billy, Billy says he's tweeted this already. My little, my studio here at home, I have on one end of the room, I've got a solid door. On the other end of the room, I've got these double French doors that have the glass paneling in them and stuff. 
And I look over there just before we're about to take the break, and there's my four-year-old son, uh, Colton, just <laughs> looking in the window going, watching me, seeing what I'm doing. And finally, we take the break, and I take my headphones off, and I wave him in. And I said, what's up, what's up buddy? He said, you know that, that bike my grandma got? <laughs> anyway, there was a spider on his, on his bike outside on the basketball court. <laughs> I said, well, tell and your me. wife, why couldn't your wife? My wife was out there with him and with our, with our infant daughter. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you have mommy kill it? I, she can't. She's afraid. <laughs> so I go out there <laughs> and I walk, so I walk through the family room and the dining room over there to the kitchen and I look out through the sliding glass door and there's my wife on the basketball court with a squirt gun. shooting this spider she finally shoots it and it kind of falls off the bike and so i'm just standing there watching her and she kicks the bike over and is apparently crawling around on the and she's kicking lawn chairs out of the way or uh, this deck is what my wife would be like she'd be yeah. worse and the spider says she's, my wife's just squirting it with this squirt gun and i said <laughs> so she said okay what kind of spider is that and what it looked like and I, this isn't what it was but i don't know what kind of spider it was what it looked like was an albino uh black widow it was weird. I mean, it's built like a black widow, but it was like white. It's oh, really you weird. You guys have, I forgot, you have. We have black like widows out poisonous here. Poisonous things yeah. out there. Black widows, rattlesnakes, all that kind of stuff. Well, no, thank you. But, um, but it was a, it was a, it was a, it was the size of a quarter. I mean, including the legs, it was the size of a quarter, but it was built like a black widow, uh, but it was white. So I don't think it was one, but anyway. Well, I mean, <laughs> so we finally this actually some, sounds like it was a near death experience. So anyway, so. Back to back to the show and what we wanted to talk about first. Before we get any further in this, Billy, um, Billy Holloway is how do how should I put this? Billy Holloway is a deceitful, lying bastard. That's how I <laughs> that's how I wanted to put it. Because what did before, I do today? Because before we went to break, I say hinting at the story we're going to talk about because you talked about a major Hollywood actor sort of story. And I, and I knew what story you were talking about. I said, so let's, so would you like something about, uh, we need to go to break then captain. And I said, and you're supposed to respond with make it so number one, but you acted like you had no idea what that make it so number one. So I'd have no idea what that is. You know, well, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure that of the two people on this show, one of us has never been to a Star Trek convention. Here's the thing. Okay. When I was, I think nine, years old i was a i was a big next generation fan and i think i've shared this on the show yeah but um, you, then you went and lied I, about it i and blocked tried it to out admit, i forgot about it no, i blocked it out but you no. reminded me um that i did go to a convention and meet marina sartis the former star of next generation the only reason really the really the number one not only reason the number one reason to watch star trek next generation and there you go so I, you know, I mean, can you blame me here? I don't think I did anything wrong. I just I forgot about it. <laughs> okay, so so talk about this. Tell tell this story because I want you to go ahead and tell it. Take a minute or two. I'm going to go ahead and get on Twitter and start saying things about you that you were doing while I was uh, out. Go ahead. Okay, Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, he obviously played John Luke, Captain John Luke Picard in Next Generation. He's been in X Men. He told the BBC's Newsnight that he actually sides with the bakers, the Christian bakers out in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, who, um, I don't know if you guys have followed the story, we've covered it a number of times, but basically they were convicted of discrimination for and, refusing and, to make a cake. And Ireland that, is where they just made it legal, too. Make, well, this is legal. Northern Ireland, so I don't know. Okay. It, it's, it's actually a different, a whole different system, apparently, in Northern, Northern Ireland. 
Okay. There you go. I, so never, I, I don't know. never trust the Irish. There you go. Um, I don't know a lot about the geography of Ireland, but but I believe Northern Ireland is a, is a separate separately governed area entirely. So in in this case, though, it's it's illegal to to discriminate. Right. So just like the issues we face in the U.S. But this one was a little bit different because they wouldn't make the cake due to the message. Um, and the message was support gay marriage. They didn't agree with that message. They didn't want to make the cake. So anyway, long story short, they're convicted of discrimination. Now, what's interesting on one hand here is that you have Patrick Stewart saying he actually agrees with the bakery um, and that, you know, he supports the bakery's right because it was a message. He said um, and let me read the quote. It was not because it was a gay couple that they objected. It was not because they were celebrating some kind of marriage or an agreement between them. It was the actual words on the cake that they objected to because they found the words offensive. And I would support their rights to say, no, this is personally offensive to my beliefs. I will not do it. Now, he didn't say he wouldn't support them if it was a gay marriage cake without the message. But it sounded that way, sort of. But he, but he, listen, he is supporting them and he is coming out. And they made a lot of headlines. People started saying, wow. You've got a big name celebrity here saying yep. maybe the bakery should have the right not to make the cake. Well, and and if the only thing that made it made it justifiably legal for them to not do it, as Picard says, Picard, Jean Luc, <laughs> whatever his name is, as Marina Sartis's flame says, he was. They were never a flame. You know, she was in love with the uh, old uh, 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 Riker, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, sorry. she was. And who was the? Remember, there was a, a a a blonde chick who got killed off, and she was in love with with Data. Well, actually, the interesting thing about this conversation now is that you know way more about Star Trek than I do. Based, I just on... got, I I don't know. I, it's listen, stream of consciousness, and I just kind of go wherever my brain happens to drag me. So, <laughs> but back to this story, he says the thing that made it uh, the reason he sided with him is because it was something about there was an actual quote on the cake that would say support gay marriage. Well. Why is it that it requires the words on there that that's why you would object? If I'm having to create a, a cake to celebrate a gay marriage, what does it matter whether or not it says support gay marriage on it? Well, right. I mean, I guess the thing is, if it's violating your beliefs, um, I mean, a gay wedding for a Christian being forced to provide a service for, for conservative Christian, which is the vast majority, um, it, it's still endorsing the message, whether the message is on there or not. So that right. I agree. That was sort of where I was confused. I thought, well, what's the difference? I mean, whether it says, you know, happy gay wedding on it or it doesn't, it's still a conflicting message for the couple. Now, again, I think it's important that there's a voice there that somebody is saying in Hollywood, you know what? Okay, maybe this couple, maybe this family, you know, can can do this without a problem. But what I love about this story is that in Europe, this is over in Europe, right, where things are usually yeah. a little crazier. We have a couple in the U.S., Melissa and Aaron Klein, who we recently talked about again, who could be fined one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. These people in Northern Ireland were fined like seven hundred and some odd dollars. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's so funny. it's just weird. Do you know where I've got the clip of Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, talking about this? Do you know where it is on the clip? I was going to play it, but I don't have it queued up. Do you know where it is on the clip? You know, I think it's in the it's in the first thirty seconds or a minute. Right. I think. Okay, let's let's play and see see what we find. And if it's not there, then we'll just shut start it. Start at fifteen seconds. Let's start, try that. Start at fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. I shall make it so. Of course, prisoners should have a right to vote. It's absurd that they should be denied that. Absolutely, I believe. So here's a, here's the thing. 
he could talk about eating popsicles and it would sound really intelligent and, <laughs> and wonderful. Like, I could of just course listen. I should eat my popsicle. <laughs> the guy's amazing. His voice is amazing. He's a great, I think he's a very good actor. I really enjoy his turn as Scrooge. Um, uh, but I just well, love hearing, hearing him speak. I just, he's fascinating to hear speak. Now, they are taking their punishment. Nobody said that they can take away their right to vote. Next, it will be you can't read a newspaper or a book or have writing materials, anything like that. And mm, you know okay. where that will That's end. not horribly awful. Why is the guy's voice muted? I can hear the guy asking the question. Oh, yes, I, I followed that, okay. yes. The guy's... Whenever, whenever the questioner speaks, there's no audio. Oh, there it is. Oh, no, it's cake. Here we go. Come on. It's just the guy's... Th here we go. Yeah, you, you've actually picked, I think, a deliciously, deliciously. Uh, uh, difficult subject because That's finally I found myself on the side of the bakers. Did you? Uh, it was, yes, it was not because this was a gay couple that they objected. It was not because that it, they were going to be celebrating some kind of... Um, uh, marriage or a, a, a agreement between them. It was the actual words on the cake mm. that they objected to. And because they found them offensive. And I would support their rights to say, no, this is personally offensive to my beliefs. I will not do it. But I feel bad for them that it cost them 600 quid or whatever. And so, okay. <laughs> so it just, I think you're right. I think that the. I think that you're accurate and you're right in that it seems that he's, if they hadn't had had to say support gay marriage on there, he would have been okay with forcing them to do it. Well, and part and of the, the argument that the bakery has used has been just that, because I think Europe is so far gone on these issues that that's the only way you're going to win is if you're like, no, we weren't discriminating against the person. We were just upset with the message on the cake, right? Yeah, but um, but in America, I mean, the same thing. Action is considered speech. So in America, a lot of these people who say you can't make you can't make them bake a you can't you should be able to make them bake a wedding cake would not say to a poster company or t-shirt company necessarily. Well, maybe they would. You have to you have to make shirts that say support gay marriage on them, right? So uh, the line is apparently you have to write it on there. But in America, we've often understood, often to our detriment, I might add, that free speech includes action. So. A woman on a stripper pole gets to count that counts as free speech. You know, pornography counts as free speech. Just ask, you know, uh, uh, people versus Larry Larry Flint, right? I mean, that's all. Yeah. That's all. The, it, words words aren't the only form of free speech. Pictures are, actions are. That's why flag burning is considered uh, considered free speech. It's considered protected free speech. It's an action. And you know, but interestingly enough, I can't show a. If I wanted to show, by the way, I, and I know this from writing papers on free speech and the flag thing, if you wanted to show a slideshow, a slideshow that doesn't do any damage to anything on the side of the uh, uh, Lincoln Memorial, you wouldn't be allowed to do it. Which is interesting. Well, you know, I think I think that this is another issue, and I, and what I love is that the family's going to fight it more. And yeah, I think getting cool. his support is helpful because they're appealing, and they're appealing that that conviction, that discrimination conviction. So, you know, having Patrick Stewart's support is probably a good thing for them right and now. And I think, gonna, and not that his his support won't carry weight in the in in the actual court, but in the court of public opinion, where people are, right. where he forces people to think about it. Like, you know what? It's not just 
I don't need to have just a knee-jerk reaction where they should be forced to do it. It's like, you know what? Somebody I respect is being thoughtful about it. I could stand to be thoughtful about it for a minute. You know what's interesting? I think we are actually, and this is what I love, the Church Boys has leaked more and more over our time allotment. <laughs> like, as time has gone more on. More free stuff. And, well, I think it's great. I mean, I'll go on all day. I only had one more thing I wanted to mention. What's that? One more story quickly I wanted to mention. Do you want to now? Do you want to do it after the interview with Laverne? Is it something we can wait on? I think I think we'll close with it. Okay. So so then I think we'll close would it with be, it, Chris. Would, Billy, would it be okay with you right now if we went ahead and took a break and then came back with the interview with Laverne? Absolutely. God, I don't, why does anybody give you any authority over anything ever in life? I don't, ever? I don't, I don't know. know. Your your wife doesn't let you near your children, right? Your child. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Chris Field? You're kind of a bully. Yep. The church boys. Man, I hate these guys. We had a story that uh, was, it did so well. It was a contributor story, and that's the part of theblaze.com where people can submit their op eds, they can submit their opinion pieces, and it was the number one story by far the other day on Friday, and that story was one that was written by Laverne Vivio, who actually used to be a personality on The Blaze, on The Blaze TV, and um, has really just been somebody I've really enjoyed getting to know. But but wanted she wanted to comment on the whole Bruce Jenner thing, and really, I think it was a pretty bold move in coming forward and talking about how, really for her, she's always seen herself, or at least during her younger years, saw herself as a boy and had wished that, she was born a boy um, and and talked about her struggle on that. And so Chris and I wanted to talk with her about that piece and about that really, I guess, lifelong, um, although I think she's come to terms with it and she's married and has kids and loves her life and loves God, um, but that lifelong struggle. And so with no further ado, we will give you our interview with Laverne Vivio. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys, and we have a guest today who put together a really fascinating post in our contributor section on theblaze.com. Uh, the post was titled, Blaze Personality's Heartfelt Admission, I Wished I Had Been Born a Boy. And so that that really kind of gets your attention. And we have Laverne Vivio, who wrote that piece, on the show with us today. How you doing, Laverne? I'm doing really good. And I got to tell you, I learned headlines from you guys. I'm just saying. The Blaze are ours. I learned, I learned how, to, you know, how to make something you know, compelling, because you want people to read what you pour your heart into. And um, so I, I learned watching y'all about headlines. <laughs> so you, <laughs> so. You, you learned that her- headlines can be a full paragraph if they need to be. Oh, they, they, Exactly, if they need to be, if they need to be. <laughs> so, um, but thanks, you guys, for having me so much. Absolutely. Well, Liberan, let me ask you, just to start, what was it that led you to write this? Because it's a very personal post. Why did you write it? From the moment that Bruce Jenner started the journey he's on right now, um, I wanted to. But I was very apprehensive about it because, not because it's personal, because I'm, I'm 52 years old. I don't have any secrets. You know, I, I'll tell you anything you want to know. But I did not want to say anything that would do harm. I don't want to hurt people. You know, I, I don't want to hurt anybody that's in his situation. You know, I, I mean, we're to be Christ to this world. And Christ means love. So I didn't want to do any harm. But in the same sense, as I watch what's happening to our kids, I'm mortified. 
And when the idea, I've seen news stories where they're taking small children and talking to them about gender uh, issues, and it just is unbelievable to me that they think you need to change a five-year-old's gender. Uh, you know, I mean, th- you know, there's one thing whenever you have someone that is born, and it's obvious that they've got, you know, conflicting things going on, in, you know, anatomically, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just because you got a real tomboy. Or you right. got a real girly girl. I mean, a girly boy. I'm going to tell you something. We need the we need the tomboys. We need the girly boys because that brings us all to a balance, you know. And and I don't I didn't want to do any harm, but as I saw what we're trying to do to our kids, and then this weekend I was with my niece. She's 17 years old, and of course the 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 conversation turned to Bruce Jenner again or, or Caitlyn Jenner, but um, the the conversation turned again. And as I listened to her try to explain it. And talking about how, oh, it's just a trend. It's a craze. I thought, dear God, what have we done to our kids? And I just, I felt like I had to say something because I had to at least state my case. Because honestly and truthfully, had I been approached whenever I was wanting to be a boy so bad, how would my life have turned out? How would it have turned out? And I wanted to pose those questions. I wanted to do it, you know, in a, in a, in a, um, respectful way, in a kind way, but in a very direct way. Laverne, tell and, me, tell me when when you talked about that in the piece. I thought it was so interesting. Growing up and feeling that way. Talk about those feelings. How did you feel about yourself? How did you feel about you know gender? Just take us through a little and, bit of and, that. And and with that, and and with that, tell us some of your story too, because there are some people who are going to listen to this that maybe haven't read your story yet, and we're hoping that they'll click over and, and read your story. But I, you know, I want people to to know your story and where you came from on that. Well, I grew up the second girl on a farm, and my sister was two years older than me. So when I was born, you know, the the idea would have been, you know, great to have a son. Now I do have a brother who is five years younger than me, but came along eventually. So when I came along, I was the second girl on the farm, and so my sister was taking care of all the stuff, taking along after Mama. So I was tagging along after my dad. And it, I just naturally kind of gravitated more to the tomboy kind of way of life and playing in the dirt, you know, playing in the mud, just doing anything that was anti-girl. And then as I saw that it was different than my sister, I gravitated more and more to it. And then as I got to looking at myself, see, I'm, I'm over six feet tall, and I'm a very large frame. I have hands, and I'll say this in the, in the piece, but I have hands the size of any guy my size, and maybe even larger. I've got a 13-foot I look, one of my coworkers last year said, well, you're basically a dude. And I'm, I'm a very, I'm a big girl. And so because of that, I was never treated in a feminine way early on. And not by my parents, but I'm talking about people around. My parents were just exceptional. But the people who I would go to school with, you know, extended family, I was always the one that had to do the grunt work because I was stronger, because I was bigger. And then I had cousins and friends that were, you know, treated like feminine little girls. And so it wasn't something they did intentionally. It was just natural that they just, honestly, it's like, okay, let's get the big girl over here to help carry this. And so I just naturally gravitated to that and always felt more comfortable around the guys. Always hung out with guys. Hung out with hired hands on the farm. And so it just felt right. And so as growing up, I thought, you know, maybe God mixed this up. Mom and Dad had had a name picked out for a boy. You know, maybe God's got this whole thing mixed up to the point that, um, you know, 
I just received, I, I told my mother, I, I was never going to, to grow into a woman. The things that happen, you know, when you, you know, begin your cycles and need, uh, uh, to you know, wear bras and things like that, and she's like, "Guess what? It's going to happen whether you want it to or not." And I thought I could will it not to happen. I thought I could will it not to happen. I never had a conversation to that degree with her and her best friend sitting at a lunch counter one day, and they just giggled at me all day because I sit there and honestly thought that I could will myself not to go into puberty, mm. you know, and to and to become a woman, you know. And uh, they just said, "Yeah, just wait." And when I finally had to face that, I was devastated because I was like, oh, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. But then as I, as I continued to grow, I was never given an option to be anything but a woman. And as I grew, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, in junior high and high school still feeling very disconnected, very out of place. But knowing, well, God made me a girl, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. And did not marry until I was in my mid-20s. Dated very little. Uh, you know, that's a journey in and of itself. But I went into some pretty dark places because I, 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 I spent a lot of time alone. I went through this whole journey, but it was a journey I needed to walk. And that was the point that I, I was trying to make to people. It wasn't easy. You know, could it have been easier for me just to have given in to my male tendencies and just said, hey, you know, I'm going to be a dude? You know, I don't, I mean, maybe at that moment it would have been. But looking back on it, it was not who God made me to be. I'm a hundred percent woman. You know, I mean, my husband's six foot eight, and, and I kind of gravitated towards the big guys. And thank God, he he gave me one that makes me feel feminine, and that's nice. I like that. But you know, it was a very long journey, and one that I would have never not walked because it made me who I am today. But we're pulling our kids away from that, not even let them have the journey that they need to walk. Sometimes life's tough. And sometimes it's tough, even when you're really young. Yeah, a lot of times but, we, we don't want we don't want kids to have to face any sort of hardship at all or any sort of tough choices. I know, I know. Francis Chan, I love his video that he does yep. on the balance beam. I know you guys have had to yep. see that. Yep. The balance beam, where he's like, you know, hanging on to the balance beam, and not taking the chance, and you know, talking about how that, uh, you know, we don't take any risk, and we don't allow our kids to take any risk because we don't want them to have a, you know, any hurt. You got to hurt a little bit yep. because that's how you grow. You know, so, I mean, I don't know, guys, I'll go off, and I'm kind of ADD, so I forget what, I'm, what the main point is, but... Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. You're, 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 it's great. Yeah, we're, you're, we're all ADD here. Yeah, we're all ADD here, so that's okay. <laughs> I think it's a prerequisite for what we do, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. But anyway, but does Let's, that kind of give you a background? It does, yeah, and, and I'm wondering, and I know this is sort of an odd question based on what you just said. I mean, you you felt that way. Did you see yourself as more of a boy? Like when you when you talked about wanting to, you know, sort of will away puberty, did you see yourself that way? I mean, it seems like you really felt more comfortable that way in the moment. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, when when I realized, because I'm I'm a very strong willed person, when I realized that I couldn't be stubborn enough to make it not happen. I was like, wow, okay, i got to figure this out and, you know, figure out what my other options are. And, you know, the, I, I mean, you could not have gotten a girl who was more tomboyish and just 100% all in. And the idea that they would have taken me this day and they would have been like, you know, she's got some gender issues. You need to really examine this. And, you know, all it takes is one encounter, one intimate encounter, where you, you have those little 
you know, flutters and those little chills, and you're like, well, maybe this is right. Well, you know, any intimate encounter when you're, you know, young, and it's mysterious and it's unknown, can cause flutters and chills that can be very misinterpreted. And that was the one thing I wanted to get into that. I wanted to, you know, make the message for kids, listen, don't let people talk you into something. You know, it's God made you perfect. You know, we're flawed, but we're perfect in His design, and we've got to walk the path that He has for us. And I mean, think of, think of it, guys. If we did not have strong women, we would have a society of women in buckets, you know, well, yeah. that were completely... I mean, that's what you got. When you don't have strong... And I'm not saying that you can't be, you know, 100% feminine and frilly and all that in a strong woman. Of course you can. But if you had only really feminine women and really masculine men... And if you if you fit in the middle, then what well, you had to adjust to become the other extreme, then you wouldn't have that balance. I, I, I mean, it's just absurd to me. It's absurd to me that this is so dominant in uh, the media right now, and that we're having these conversations. You know, I have no problem. You know, loving you know Caitlin Brewster, whoever goes through that. You know, you just want to wrap your arms around them and hug them and say, "I love you." You know. You've got to, you know, do what you need to do because you do not gain people to Christ through anything but just loving on them. You know, but when it comes to my children and the influence I'm going to be on the world, i got to stand up and say, foul. You, you've got to, you've right. got to be honest about this stuff and you got to look back to what Christ guides us to be because I am first and foremost a follower of Jesus Christ and that's all I can be and I make no apologies for it. And I will love you. I don't care how dis how much in disagreement we are. I will love you with all my heart. Right. But you gotta respect my right to believe what I believe, and I'll respect your right to believe what you believe. And give me an equal time at the podium to make my case like you're making yours. Yep, absolutely. And and for people, I mean, again, this goes back to not wanting to experience hardship. But it's not all about. In fact, Christ never talks about it. it's about us being happy. This isn't about being happy. This is about Amen, finding, finding joy. And there's a big difference between joy and happiness. Amen. A huge Amen. difference. And so people can't find joy. Even when, when you're focused on joy instead of happiness, when you, go through mm-hmm. pain, when you go through pain, you find joy in pain. You find joy in suffering because suffering produces what? Perseverance. Amen. Perseverance produces Amen. what? And then it produces hope. I mean, and that's where our hope lies. And if you're not going to experience joy, you're going to focus on happiness if your focus is always on happiness and never on joy, you never get to hope, do you? Exactly, exactly. And we have absolutely, we, we, we have sold our kids short in thinking that we can't, that they can't handle things, that they can't deal with things. And it's hard. I've got a kid that is six foot ten, and, you know, he has been down his own journey. And, I mean, you talk about a kid that got taunted and just absolutely abused as a kid. And he's 19 years old now. I don't want to tell too much of his story because it's his story to tell. But I don't say it was hard as a mom to step back and let him walk through that. Yeah. And I did the things I could to help. And, you know, we, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot to that story. Like I said, we don't have need to go into. But it's just one of those things that when you, when you have to sit back and watch your children struggle, you have to just tie your hands and sit down. But you've got to let them do it because that is what grows them in, into good, you know, you know, good, strong adults 
human beings that can that can survive life. You know, it just Laverne. Anyway. You know, I think this is such it's such a tough and complicated issue for so many people. And, you know, what do you think people should do when they legitimately I mean, you since you have experienced some of this, when they legitimately feel as as Bruce Jenner has that they are that they were born in the wrong body. You know, what what is the step that they take? You know, a lot of people are saying a lot of these doctors are saying, no, this is the right thing. Change, change the gender, you know, perform surgery. The other side says, no. Don't do it. What do you What do you think the solution is for people? First and foremost, I can't separate the fact that I am I am following Christ on this. Um, I can tell you know I've, I've had my 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 niece reach out to me and ask me some real tough questions sometimes, and she's like, "What do I do?" And I said, "You know, I don't know." And I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers. I don't know because I don't know what their journey has been. I don't know what led them to that. Um, if they had the feelings I did as a young person and then they were given all these options, I think that at some point somebody misdirected them, you know, is, is my feeling on it. I know there'll be people who adamantly say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I believe this is how I was born. I believe I was born. I, I don't agree. I just don't agree. And I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. Do I think we should ever go in and play with, you know, and, and, and alter the, the sexuality that God gave us. You know, in, in the situation, I do know there are circumstances where children are born with, you know, both, both sets of parts. In those circumstances, you know, that's, 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 that each and every time you just have to use common sense, to, to coin a phrase from uh, Glenn, uh, you know, that he's been, you know, throwing out a lot lately. And uh, um, just you have to use common sense in everything in life. And this is one of those things where you've got to use some common sense. And are there times that I suppose that you have to have doctors intervene? I guess. I'm not a doctor. If you are just having the feelings that you need to do this, then I suggest that you go to a church. You know, I know even if you're an atheist, man, Find somebody. Keep knocking on the church door until you find somebody that will sit down and love you through it and talk through it and love you through it and talk through it. I've got friends. I've got so many dear friends. They are, you know, maybe in relationships where they have, um, you know, a couple of women, they share a home together. They love each other. They take care of each other. They're not lesbians. You know, people think they are. They just love each other. Same thing with God. I've got a friend of mine that's a guy that's like the Apostle Paul. He has never married, but he is Christ to the world. He travels the world as a missionary, and he is a medical professional, and he is changing the world. You know, if you're not, if you think you've maybe been, you know, born the wrong sex, maybe you're just somebody that is, you know, maybe there's another path for you. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know that there's a lot of misdirection, and that was my concern with the, the dinner story, is there so much, in my opinion, misdirection, and my opinion is based first and foremost on the fact that I follow Jesus Christ, and I can't separate from that. So, well, that was my concern. Uh, it was the narrative, the narrative that was that came from the Bruce Jenner. Not, I'm not trashing Bruce Jenner. Um, I'm yeah. not going... I, it was the narrative that resulted from that yes. and the way that the media has responded to it that left me concerned. Yes, me too. 
But I, Me too. And that's the thing. Having an having equal time at the podium to just say, please, look at what we got here. Look at what we got. Yeah. You, so, might, you, might, find, you might find your direction. So, 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 Laverne, you know, and you talked about, you know, how we got to teach kids. And I think part of our issue is, and this, in this Church Boys podcast, this nonsense that we do every week, is designed to be something that can be consumed by anybody, religious, non-religious. It's supposed to be entertaining. We talk about culture. People know where we stand from the very beginning. It's supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be. It's <laughs> we use quotes around the world word entertaining for the show. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's part of my part of my issue, and we call ourselves the Church Boys for a reason because Billy and I come very from very similar faith backgrounds and we have very similar political views though we don't always agree and we'll have some you know knock down drag out fights especially off air um but we are friends nonetheless <laughs> and billy puts up with me and um and we've we've stayed friends but i think part of our issue and we talk about how can we deal with this from the culture but culture standpoint but one of the things that i'm finding myself dealing with and being continually frustrated with is the number of people who call themselves christians but then excuse bad behavior or yeah. immoral behavior or things that are just for lack of a better term and maybe this is the perfect term weird and this yeah. well you can't you can't describe it as weird because that means that you're hateful or you're 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 afraid of what they're doing or you're a hate monger or or you just don't understand or you're you've got blinders on or you've got this idiotic narrow christian view well, so, well for one thing you can call it a narrow christian view if you want to but also Christ says the the path's pretty narrow too. By the way, so right. part of our issue, I think, is in our churches and our, among people who call themselves Christian that we're not standing up for things that are right or wrong. And I think in this Bruce Jenner stuff, I think when we talk about the gay rights issues and we talk about a whole other, other a whole bunch of other problems that our world is facing, we don't want to talk about. There are things that each of us struggle with spiritually. There's a, a sort of, I don't know, spiritual genetics or something that we're predisposed to having issues with. And for you, it yeah. might have been gender identity. For others, it's going to be yeah. alcohol. For others, it's going to be porn. For others, it's going to be exactly. you know substance abuse. For others, it's going to be anger issues. I mean, the Bible talks explicitly about you cannot have your fits of rage. That's going to be a problem for people, and we don't want to talk about those it's things. It's a real problem on this show, in fact. <laughs> 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 But, but, you're but, exactly right. But and, we don't want to do that. Is the thing, and it's like I, I'm I'm not going to give you the world answer right. because the world does not know who I know, and all I can tell you is from a Christian perspective, this is what I believe. This is what I know. Yeah. With every fiber of my being, this is what I know. Now, if you don't agree with me, God bless you. I do. What you do in your bedroom in the privacy of your own home, I don't care. The fact that Bruce Jenner's out there talking about it, that's fine. I mean, that's fine if that people find that interesting, but listen to us, too. Listen to us, too. And Christians, it is time to stand up, get bold, in love, and tell people, you know what? There is a better way. And if you show people, if you show people the life you can lead when you truly follow your faith, yeah. They want to know what they're missing. And I they agree. want to know what they're missing out on. I agree. My, my same Christian friends who are going to excuse Bruce Jenner or say it's okay for him or excuse gay marriage and all these other things that, that, the, that the PC crowd or the liberal media or even Christian, even conservative media now is saying all this stuff is okay to do and it's, it's, it, there's not a moral problem with it because we've seen the polls on where our morality is now. 
those same people, Absolutely. those same people won't be okay with an alcoholic acting like an alcoholic, even though it's something he's predisposed yeah. that, you know, he may, may or may not be predisposed to. You're not okay with that. There's a whole bunch of behaviors out there that you're going to say, that's not okay. That's not healthy. That's not safe. That's not what God intended for you. But if you bring that up on any other, any sex related issues, then, mm-hmm. then you're a hater. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I've got, I've got friends and family who are, I mean, I love them. I've got a cousin who I cherish. She has been in a long, uh, committed relationship. She is lesbian. I love her to pieces. And she knows we don't agree. We don't have to agree. But she knows I love her. She wouldn't doubt that for a minute. Mm-hmm. I've got so many friends that walk a walk so different than mine. But the one thing that they don't doubt is where I stand and that I will love them in spite of our disagreements. But I will never pretend that I believe anything other than what I believe. Yep. And just respect me like I will respect you. Laverne, that's all was I have. there Was there a point, and that's the one thing I love about you, and Laverne, we've gotten to know each other a little bit, um, you know, obviously off the air too, and, and we're friends, right. and I love to, you know, I just, the thing I've always loved about you is the way that you approach things in love and in disagreement. I think a lot of Christians have done a very poor job um, of, of showing love and in fact have turned a lot of gays and lesbians away from the church by yeah. not by not just at least approaching the conversation, not bending what they believe, but approaching the conversation in a way that expresses love. And you've always been somebody who, in, on any topic, is very introspective, very um, you know, very thoughtful, and you know, you've shown that in this conversation. For you, the the only other question I had was, you know, at what point did those perceptions, I know you talked a little bit about it, but at what point did the perceptions of, oh gosh, you know, I feel more like a boy totally go away? Have they ever crept back up? Is that something you've ever thought about again? Um, or, Or has that been something that is just no longer a part of you at this point? Oh, I will always be um, very um, masculine. I mean, you know, I'm just, I always will be. Uh, the reason I included the picture of me out splitting logs in the blog is because that's how I'm, I'm happiest. Is out getting dirty. Just I am. I am very masculine. It's like my coworker last year. You know, I was having there was just a couple of people that I just wasn't really connected with, and I said, yeah, but they seem uncomfortable around me. And he said, well, basically you're a dude. And it's not because of the size, but it's because I, you know, I'm not. I'm I'm more I'm more guy acting than I am girl acting a lot of the times. And that's not to say that I want to be a guy now. I just really embrace my earthy side. I, I really embrace that, you know, maybe call it outdoorsy then. I don't know. But I don't like to, I like being very strong. I like being able to take care of myself. I like knowing how to work on my car a little bit. You know, it's kind of nice to, you know, say, oh, honey, change my tire just because I don't want to change the tire. You know, but <laughs> I, I like knowing how to do that stuff. Yeah. So does that make me kind of a guy? I, I don't know. I guess I will always be a part of that. But I never felt attracted to girls. Never. Because it was never given to me as an option. Okay? Whenever I was growing up, my feelings towards being a guy was before I got interested in anything like that. I grew up very rural, very, you know, secluded. So I didn't, I didn't start, you know, wandering about too much of that kind of stuff until I got much older. And, well, until at least until one junior high started 
you know, watching the boys, I guess, because that's what I was supposed to do. But I felt very awkward in those relationships, and I didn't really have relationships that didn't matter. And I didn't really have boyfriends until I got into college that didn't matter. So if I had a conflict in regards to that I like boys or girls, I didn't have the opportunity, you know. And because I was just kind of an oddity. And so, I, I, I mean, I had a few dates, you know, in high school, but it was on up in high school. And uh, so it was just never an issue. But now, had somebody approached me of the same sex and made me think, well, maybe I do like this, I don't know what would have happened in my heart, in my mind. Because at the same time, I'm sitting outside of the car, so if you hear the train go by here. But um, if, um, if, at the time, my faith... And they let the train whistle go by. At the time, my faith was faltering too. Um, one of the reasons why I do evidence ministry work is because I didn't believe what they were telling me from the pulpit until I became an adult. And it was a journey I went on for 20 years to find my faith, and I found it. And that's why I'm so on fire for us, because I have absolutely no doubt. You can shoot me in the head right now, and I'm good. I'm going to heaven to take care of my family because they're going to miss me and they need me. But I have no fear, absolutely no fear of what's next because I am that certain of, of, of God and Christ and that we've got something. This is, this is just, a, just a, a moment in time. But, um, so, but at the time when I was growing up and going through all that stuff and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, you know, I guess i got to be a girl, uh, I didn't have attention from guys or girls, so it didn't matter. Had a girl approach me and develop those feelings in me, I might have had a very different future because my faith was not there at all. Not until I got much older. So, you know, I really don't know when that that thing clicked completely. Maybe when I really got attention from God for the first time and I liked it, you know, and I thought, okay, you know, that's what I'm going to pursue. But I was always told that I, I was never told anything other than, Guys go with girls, girls go with guys. Never taught anything but that and was never had it presented to me, so it wasn't something that I considered. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It absolutely you know, does. And so I can't really tell you when that magic moment was, but it was just something I never considered. You know? Mm. So, and I never really had, you know, the sexual encounters, so to speak, to any degree until I was up in college. And then look out. I kind of showed out, but we won't talk about that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, things just got a little, things just got a, a little bit <laughs> awkward. <laughs> that's that book I gave you. That's in that. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that journey. But I, like I said, my faith was so weak at the time. Had I been approached, that my future would have probably been very different. Hmm. Probably been very different. Wow. Listen, Laverne, so, you're great. I, I really she, appreciate you coming on. Do you have any other questions, Chris? Well, I, I, I heard you mention evidence-based ministry stuff. Is there is there a project you're working on now? I mean, this is totally unrelated. I just heard you say that. Is there something else you're working on now that you can tell us about? Is there a project you're you're on? Well, when I was when I was full time at the Blaze, uh, like I said, I still pop in and do commercials and stuff. But I was at the Blaze for a year and a half. Glenn let me go in and take things. They're called their their waterweight pieces. About you know, he was talking about how that. Uh, during the time of Lincoln, they had a group that would go around, mm. and they would um, declare we are wide awake and, as to what's going on in the country. And I said, the one thing that they had that we're missing is their faith. 
And our faith is not a way. Our faith is not our own. We have not cultivated it. We have not pursued it. And we are the faith that we have inherited. We, we pass it down like a family heirloom, yeah. but we don't make it our own. And that was the journey I went on. So I've been trying to figure out how to share that. I did those pieces. If you go to my website, LaverneVideo.com, they're all linked there, and they're on the Blaze and Two page. Okay. I did probably about 15 different ones, but I've been mentoring. Uh, my mentor is, is, is John Clayton, and he mm-hmm. has the Does God Exist Ministry. And he is a physics teacher who converted himself from atheism um, and just has sit on this lifelong ministry to convince the world that God is real. Hmm. And so I have been learning from him, and I'm trying to figure out how to take what he is saying and, and more mainstream it. I love the work of Lee Strobel and so many that have done fantastic work, but we're pre- it's only going to the choir. Yeah. you know. And so yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to where we've got little bites and pieces that are being shared and, you know, being spread to where they become viral, to where when people have questions about the creation and when people have questions about who Christ was, a man of history, not, I mean, the, the, the astounding archaeological evidence of who Christ was is mind-blowing. And we've got to figure out how to mainstream that. And so that is my, that, and my mission in life is to figure out how to, how to convince people God is real and Christ was his son. And I'm doing it through evidence ministry, through the apologist work. At least that's what I think I'm supposed to do. And when God puts something on my heart, like this Jenner article, he just, you know, he, he just makes it burn on me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that. So it's just an ongoing thing. I've got a, my, my book, Jesse, is my story. Um, and it doesn't really talk a lot about the gender stuff because I never really thought it was that big of a deal. It talks more about my journey as, some, as a kid that just absolutely hadn't no place to really, never felt like I belonged, hmm. and my faith was faltering, and it deals with just a lot of things that were going on in our family. I'm from a, a, a mixed-race family, and my, my sister married a black guy in the late 70s in western Kentucky, so the journey that that led me on, and just stuff like that. So I'm, I'm a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, you can go to my website and see what I'm doing and look at those evidence pieces that I've done, and I've got a thing called Constitution of, um, the Constitution of Faith, which is kind of a pamphlet that I put together five, six years ago, and it's free on there. It's a free PDF download that just kind of goes through some evidence things that I've discovered and trying to put it into bite-sized pieces for people. So, you know, that's what I'm doing, just trying to figure out my place and my mission, and it changes just about every hour, but that's cool. You know, it's, wow. you know whatever God leads me to. All right. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just I just like to know when you when you when you get a chance to talk to somebody who's as passionate about Christ as you are and well spoken about it and you can tell it's a real part of their their everyday life. I like to find out the other things they're doing, not just limit them to the topic that we call well, them thank about. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, you can go to my website and I put anything up at my website that I'm you know doing. I speak. Uh, you know, I'm, I write all the time. I've got some other book projects I'm working on, and um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, I have no idea really what God has in store for me, and I'm uh, going to be excited every morning to wake up and see what it's see what 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 today holds. Good. Well, so, Laverne, uh, listen. LavernVideo.com. So. Laverne, we'll make sure we link to that, and we really appreciate it. And we're definitely, definitely going to be having you back on. Absolutely. I would love it. I would love it. Love you guys. Love you so much, Billy. I, you know, I'm just love everything you write. You guys have been just such an inspiration, and I've learned a lot from you. Thank you. Billy, well, thank Billy you. She, she loves you. She finds me tolerable. <laughs> like all of us. 
but that's, I haven't but that's, met you yet. No, I know, but I Laverne, Laverne, that's, that, Laverne, that's just, but that's that's our running gag is that nobody likes me. Everybody loves Billy. Nobody likes me, which is it's fine. Not, I, 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 I wear that. I wear that as a badge of honor. Of course, it's sewn directly <laughs> onto my skin, so it's painful every time it's mentioned. But I'm sorry. Love you too, man. Love you too, man. We will talk soon. All right. Thanks, Laverne. That sounds great. Thank you, y'all, right. so much. Okay. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And now, back to the church boys. They're a real pain in my Well, there was another story that uh, we had up this week that it was one of those things where, you know, I'm always looking for things to write up. And sometimes you just find an interesting book review or an interesting op-ed and you want to package it into a feature story. And that's what we did. And it was uh, Pastor Tim Keller. He's a very well-known theologian. He's also the founder of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. And one of the nicest and one of the nicest heads of hair I've seen on a pastor. (laughs) He's completely bald. (laughs) Um, So. (laughs) <laughs> you are awful, but um, help it. yeah, it's it's actually a very uh, bald head, and now that's all I can think about. But Tim Keller is great. I mean, he's written a bunch of a bunch of really fascinating books, and he's a deep thinker. You know, he's not that not that most pastors aren't, but he's somebody who really dives deep and looks at things in a way that is that is almost academic and takes scripture and really makes it make sense on a very deep level that I think connects with people. And he had done a book review, I think last year, of two different books that that basically were traditional marriage books. Then this year, he did a review on two books that, uh, one of them is Matthew Vine's um, book, and I'm, God and the Gay Christian, I think is what it's called. And the two books he, he did this review on are books that are for pro, you know, gay marriage, and that are more favorable of, of homosexuality. And he was he was very open about throughout this book review that he opposed the the same sex marriage stance or, or I shouldn't even say it was a marriage focus it was a homosexuality focus on what scripture is saying he opposed that but he gave a very fair review of these two books and a very respectful review and really just broke down going to the the Bible going to Genesis why he believes men and women um, were created to complement one another and I think I mean I've read a lot of things on this subject and I've heard almost every single debate on it and I think this is probably one of the best things I had read um, coming from the perspective of somebody who believes in the traditional definition of marriage um, based on the Bible really one of the best um, pieces backing that up and he's been likened to C.S. Lewis. Now he's there is no other. There's no. There is not another C.S. Lewis, right? But he he writes and thinks in much the same way. Like his he processes things and communicates things in similar ways. Yes, um, and, and that's as far as I'll go. I mean, it's not he doesn't the same as C.S. Lewis, but I understand why people say that about him. I thought that I, I had never read his take before on the complementary, the way that he makes men and women so complementary. Uh, based on the readings of Genesis and other readings that he does too. I mean, the guy's a deep thinker. He doesn't just limit it to simply just scripture. Though scripture is, you know, often enough. Uh, but uh, he he encapsulated it in a way that's like I go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I, I've kind of thought that before, but he actually puts words to things in ways that mm, most of us have never done. 
Yeah, and I've heard people say that about him, and I'm always skeptical about, you know, every, people who everyone loves, I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not that great. But it really is interesting, and I think even people who don't agree, I would think could read this and say, oh, I see where he's coming from, even though I don't agree with that assessment. Right. I mean, he basically, see, in in one point of this, and it's a very long book review, so we sort of, we sort of condensed it in the Blaze piece, but he says, without understanding this vision, the sexual prohibitions in the Bible make no sense. Yeah. Homosexuality does not honor the need for this rich diversity of perspective and gendered humanity in sexual relationships. And then he says, same-sex relationships not only cannot provide this for each spouse, they can't provide children with a deep connection for, to each half of humanity through a parent of each gender. So, I mean, and that's just a piece of it, and I think that's the most controversial part, to be yeah. honest, but he really goes through Genesis and explains how two different things are brought together by God throughout Genesis 1, two different complementary things, and that Genesis 2, Adam and Eve coming together, is sort of the culmination of that, which yeah. I think is kind of a fascinating and interesting way of looking at and there's, it. And there's nothing in it. I mean, it might be controversial, but there's nothing in it at all that anybody could honestly, an honest person could look at and say, that's hateful. And there's I nothing, agree. There's, there's nothing in there you go, well, this guy's just a jerk. Even if I agree with him, he's just, a, no, it's like, there's, I don't know. It was very, it was very well done, I thought, and and I, and I appreciate it. And it's one of those things that you can pass out to thinking people and say, okay, this is kind of where I am on this. Or, Would you be a thinking person? No, Chris, no, not at all. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. No, no. I like to, I like to claim that I associate myself loosely with thinking people, but I wouldn't consider myself <laughs> a think, a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would anybody else. Uh, so, never a dull moment on the I've on the never, church boys. I'll I've tell never, you that much. I've never I've never been accused of that. I should say. So. Well, I think that our time is done. Frankly, oh, are you? Uh, Billy's hitting the eject button now. That's probably a good <laughs> idea because I'm running out of steam. I need a nap and a sandwich. But I'm headed order. to Dunkin' Donuts. Let me tell you. Is it, do you guys? Is there free donuts? Listen, I live in a town we don't have a donut shop. And you, so you say, you look at me, you go, well, then how did you get so enormous, incredibly fat? Well, <laughs> you are not. I, my, fat. my wife is a great cook, but we have no donut shops around here. I mean, I'm an eater, so that's why I'm overweight. Yeah. I'm a total eater. But anyway, so is there free donuts today? I don't mean, know. When we recorded this, it's National Donut Day. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Now you've got me thinking. Now, now you've got, got to me get really out of thinking. the house. Now you have to put on clothes and get out of the house. Oh, Go no, get no, no. I'm not putting on clothes. I'm just going. <laughs> in, your, in your sweatpants? <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I've got shorts on right oh, now and, and a ratty T-shirt, so I'm good to go. Yep, there you go. Uh, shorts and T-shirt, that's what I got. Baseball all cap, need. I'm all set. That's my that's my work attire. So, all right. Uh, any advice for the people? I just, I just want a donut. <sighs> hmm. I might have get a donut. I've lo I'm lost in I'm lost in thought about donuts. <laughs> I feel like Homer Simpson right now. Only, oh, less, only, not only not as good looking or as intelligent. All right. <laughs> Billy, any advice for the peeps out there? Read your Qurans. I mean Bibles. You are going to get... See, now we're going to get firebombed. <laughs> I, have your, I have your address. You don't have my address. Read I'll, your, I'll just go to, the, to your small town and find you. I'm sure I can scream your name. <laughs> read your read your Qurans, read your Bible, eat your donuts, and read the blaze. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Church Boys.